You're listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 332. Okay, the Lord's here with the one, the only, the shirtless with his hairy chest sticking out, John Brownstone. Yeah, I thought I'd bring a little excitement to the podcast. That's audio only and nobody but yep. me can see you. <laughs> so what that means is that podcast listeners can imagine what a hairy chested shirtless John Brownstone looks like for themselves mm-hmm. doesn't have to match reality and have a good time with them you're Some, welcome sometimes imagination is better than the real thing that is so <laughs> true anybody who has ever listened to somebody on the radio and then seen what the DJ looked like right. knows that's the truth and we are essentially <laughs> that I am fairly certain anybody who listened just listened to the podcast for however long and then moved over to YouTube went oh I wasn't whoa, expecting whoa, that <laughs> I know. I know it's okay. Um, Anyway, (laughs) uh, before, I mean, this whole episode will probably be us off on tangent. So I guess it's fair that we've started that way. Uh, This week, though, uh, to get back to the task at hand, we're actually celebrating something that's going to be an ongoing celebration probably for the next six months just because of how things worked out. And that's 10 years of knowing one another. Wow. Our first official, hey, how you doing, let's have a conversation was December 23rd. Correct. Uh, but this time of year, no, end of November, 10 years mm-hmm. ago, we were chatting with one another through the comment sections of our individual blogs. Correct. And so basically it's been 10 years of knowing one another. And so this week we're going to talk about what we've learned about ourselves, each other, and power exchange, uh, it won't be a, everything, but uh, we'll touch on many things that we've learned over the past 10 years of knowing one another. Because you might be surprised at some of the things you'll learn about somebody right. or yourself after several years together. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you didn't have to say it that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's what we're doing this week. Okay. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at lovingbdsm, on FetLife at lovingbdsmpc, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, lovingds and the number one, so that's at lovingds1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash lovingbdsm, where you can watch live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. A big thanks, as always, to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We're able to do this weird thing on the internet in large part because of our kinky patrons, and we are grateful for every fucking one of you. If you'd like to join our kinky community and get access to extra content, like a podcast we have to record today, November 30th, the day we're recording this, uh, and a Discord server with a group of super cool, super nice kinksters, you can just join us at patreon.com slash Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords, or use the link in the show notes. Okay, so before we get into what will probably be a very chaotic uh, topic, I'll tell you why (laughs) when when I get through this. Uh, We do have one announcement, and that is this week's episode is sponsored by Elegantly Owned, uh, owned by Teshu, our favorite one of our favorite human beings and also our favorite collar company. If you've ever seen a picture of the collar that I wear and gone, oh my God, I love your collar. It's from Elegantly Owned. Um, Shops on Etsy, link is in the places. Um, You can get collars in a variety of styles and colors. Mm -hmm. And then the the lockets uh, come in a variety of uh, colors if they have resin on them. And this thing holds up in the shower. It's for all that it's, I would call it kind of thick, 
Um, I have the Byzantine style. I'm trying to remember that, Taishu. You'll be proud of me. Uh, <laughs> I can't wear it at night because I have an anxiety thing about anything around my neck. However, this is one of the lightest, air quote this word, larger collars I've ever worn. I've mm -hmm. worn a style similar to this prior to having this one from Elegantly Owned, Correct. and it was heavier. This is a very lightweight collar. It stands up to everything I have put it through, the shower, um, sleeping in it till I learned I just can't sleep in a collar, um, all kinds of stuff. So durable, all that good stuff. Love, 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 love this collar. Um, every once in a while I'm tempted uh, with a new, um, lock heart lock mm. because of the resin colors and the styles that Tayshu sometimes does them in uh, but so far i'm like ah, i'm sticking with this one for right now and yes it's not even fully purple for anybody who's actually seen it and i and i fucking love it um so uh, take a look at elegantly owned uh whether you're looking for a color like now or later and you're shopping ahead um but if you're shopping now there's coupon code code is loving bdsm all one word you save 10 percent if you use that if the code is available through December 10th, here's the cool thing. There's another sale going on at Elegantly Owned and you can still use the coupon code. And so you save a little extra because you're a fucking cricket and there's some perks to being a cricket is all I'm saying, okay? And if you don't know what a cricket is, hang around a little bit longer, you'll find out. Uh, <laughs> you must be new here if you don't know yet. Um, and that's okay, we like new people. Anyway, Elegantly Owned, link in the places um, on Etsy. I don't know what the holidays of custom orders are available, but you can always reach out to Teshu and like start that conversation and, and see what's what. Um, but yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend. Love my collar, adore Teshu. There we go. Thank you, Elegantly Own, for sponsoring this week's episode. Uh, so, huh, I need to take a breath before we get started because, um, Podcast listeners did hear because we had our own little intro. And normally I try to keep the intro to like two and a half minutes yeah. and it went long. Yes, and it then did. YouTube folks have figured it out very quickly. <laughs> um, I just, and I said it before and I'm going to say it again and it'll probably keep coming up. I feel like we haven't taken a deep breath in the past several days for good, good reasons. I will babble about those in the bonus section, but it's like, it. here's how chaotic it has been. We did not know until about an hour before we sat down to record what the hell we were talking yeah. about. And here's what's funny. I know what we're talking about in December. I've had those mapped out for months and a, a, a smarter person than me, a saner person than me, a more mentally healthy person than me might've said, well, why didn't you just bump one of those topics? No, those topics were assigned for those dates. That's their dates. They can't be moved. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's not how this works here. <laughs> I'm so sorry, you must be new. So <laughs> we uh, came up with a topic very late and I feel f good about the topic. I think it's an interesting topic, but also I think it's gonna be chaotic. So if the chaos annoys you, this might be one to skip is all I'm saying. But if the chaos annoys you, you probably noped out about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so it's fine, it's fine. It's always chaotic around here it, it just may is, be a little bit more so than normal. it's a different kind of chaotic and it's a good chaotic and i'm not actually complaining about it i just am kind of like why does my heart feel like it's pounding through my chest right now oh i think i forgot to breathe again <laughs> i'm not having a heart attack y'all i promise i promise <laughs> um so 
What we're talking about is actually something that is probably going to come up here and there uh, in 2023 as well, because we are in the midst of and coming up on specific significant dates in our relationship mm-hmm. that it's the decade mark. So December 23rd is the 10 year anniversary of when we actually had legitimate conversations with one Correct. another. Um, but pre, and we will be on our break December 23rd and hopefully remember the significance of that day for one another on that day and do a little something, I don't know. Some years were good about it, some years were not. Um, but this time frame that we're in right now, end of November going into December, we were, air quote this word, meeting one another mm-hmm. through the comment sections of our individual blogs. Correct. We, I was had gone through serious, my first D, and hopefully only, DS breakup, um, and was like heartbroken and emoting all over the place. And you were doing funny things uh, on your blog, but you were mm-hmm. leaving supportive comments on my blog. And so this is when our first, at the 10 year mark start, and into next year there's, March, where that's the f- 10 year anniversary of the day we've like physically laid eyes on one another met or first seen. And then, you know, as we go along. So we may have more of these types of conversations as significant dates come up mm-hmm. because the way we've titled this is what we've learned in 10 years about each other and ourselves and all that. There's so much we could not possibly cover at all right. in 10 years. Um, I don't think there's like a, a theme to this one because that would be too organized and this is just like the first things that are coming to mind when i started thinking about it and it's little things and it's long-term relationship things and some things are significant but not so significant like they're life-changing but like we've learned these things and they've helped make our relationship better or our communication better so we're just gonna kind of chaotically share some of these things until basically we run out of steam. Uh, <laughs> and the thought I had in in having this conversation this week was for people who are getting into their first um, kink relationships or kind of new to the kink world to kind of see what one couple's experience can be long-term. I mean, we it's gonna be unique to everybody, of course. And then for people who are in established, maybe power exchange relationships or just established in power exchange and kink and, you know, don't really think about this stuff on a a daily basis, maybe, especially if you have a partner currently, something to think about for yourself and maybe how it might apply to your own relationship. So I'm gonna try and take a deep breath. I'm gonna take a little sip of coffee here. So let's start kind of going back and forth with things that we've learned. Okay. Uh, do you have something you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, yeah, I'll go ahead. Okay. I, I think the first thing that I learned that I have to say from our, our relationship was, you know, there was a time I thought high protocol and old guard was it. That's, that's you know, what DS was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if, you were deviating from that. You were doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned that wasn't true. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, especially that first time you called me daddy. Right. I mean, that was after several 
weeks of kind of going, are you, are you sure? Are you mm-hmm. sure you're not a daddy? Because mm-hmm. you're giving off daddy vibes here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, you know, we advocate for trying to take a mindful approach to shifts and changes in a power exchange relationship. But we are also people who have made shifts and changes in a very organic, may I, may I say chaotic way. And fortunately for us, it's mostly worked out well. I yeah. think it's because when we've gone on instinct, me calling you daddy in the middle of sex was an instinctual, something about this feels so right. I could be wrong, but I just, oh, something feels right. And I went <laughs> with it. And I think that rightness came in part because even up to that point, we'd only been together. I mean, I was still living in the townhouse in up in Fort Walton Beach in the panhandle of Florida. So we weren't even moved in together yet. You know, we were still, it was still relatively fresh in our relationship, Mm -hmm. but we had had such good, clear communication even to that point. And it wasn't as good then as it is now. Right. um, That I kind of felt safe going out on that limb and saying, okay, this is, this is what feels right. And even if I'm wrong, and this was not a conscious thought I had in the moment, in the moment we were fucking, and I was like, I gotta call him daddy because that's the word that I cannot stop thinking. <laughs> but later when I kind of thought about it, it was sort of a, even if you had rejected that, I knew it would ultimately be okay. That you might have gone, whoa, 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 no, no, let me call mm-hmm. Red here, time out, <laughs> what the fuck? We, I just, I think I understood even then that we could work through that. So it gave me a sense of security and safety to go ahead and do the thing I was feeling, even though I could not at all know exactly Mm -hmm. how you would react. But my intuition was definitely going this, if I'm feeling it, I I think it's okay. And I, prior to that moment, had certainly had moments like that in in all kinds of relationships with other people, both romantic Mm -hmm. and sexual and platonic and familial and all that. But I didn't usually act on that because I think I either didn't have that sense of security and safety or and or I didn't have that level of communication where I kind of understood that even if I was wrong, it would be okay from very early on in our relationship, I've never felt judgment from you. Like I, mm. I mean, you accept all of what this is now that we present on camera and into microphones every week, mostly without batting an eye. I'm, I'm more than I was in the beginning because I'm less inhibited with you. But I, once we hit a certain <laughs> comfort level, I lost a lot of my inhibitions with you. The, the, the floodgates <laughs> opened. And you haven't run screaming yet. No, so. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, I haven't. I mean, that is uh, a conversation probably between you and a therapist one day about why that is. But um, yeah, doing that, the textbook kind of thing would be mm. to, okay, have this conversation outside of sex in a calm time and kind of, blah, 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 blah. and that is good advice and we give that advice. But you learning in that moment that DS is not what you thought it was, right. because I decided to call you daddy when you were funking me. <laughs> you cannot plan for those things. I cannot put that in a workbook for you. I don't know how to tell right? you to get that. Yeah. But if it goes back to the fact that you were open to both communicating with me and sharing mm-hmm. your thoughts and feelings, but also listening to me. So I could do that with you and it was safe. Right. And I learned that very early on with you. I didn't think about it in those terms at the time. 
So mm-hmm. my thing that I've learned uh, kind of piggybacks off of that is that when your person is a safe person to be who you are, that doesn't mean they don't disagree with you. He gets mad at me, y'all. He gets pissed and I hate it. I hate it. It brings <laughs> me back to childhood stuff every time I'm working through it. Uh, it doesn't mean he agrees with me. It doesn't mean he, you know, like it doesn't mean that none of the air quote this word, cause this is subjective. The negative outcomes aren't there. But it means that I have learned because you are that safe person and you accept me as I am, Mm -hmm. that I can say things and be things and do things with you, to you, with you, in front of you, that to this day I would not do in front of other people or with other people. I don't know that they're safe. I don't know that they're gonna be mostly judgment free and i say mostly judgment free because let's let's be real should we all go around judging one another no do we in our heads quietly of course we do okay however even when you think that what i've done is the weirdest fucking shit you've ever seen or heard in your life and your face clearly screams what the actual fuck are you doing and who the hell are you the that judgment is never judgy judgment i never feel belittled i never feel less than i never feel diminished Mm -hmm. because you're like what the actual fuck i feel like because of how you react and respond i can laugh about yeah this is me uh and then usually once your brain wraps around whatever the insanity is you tend to embrace it. Now I'm curious in all these years, 10 years, do you embrace it because you genuinely like enjoy it or because you kind of go, there's no change in it now. I'm along for the ride. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) I have one and it's the one that made me come to you and go, I want to have this conversation Mm -hmm. because it was, it's not today. This morning was not the first time it's happened and not even the 10th time it's happened. It's probably the hundredth time. And every time it happens, I go, wow, wow. Uh, 30 something year old me would never have thought that this was even a thing you could do. So long-term relationships, you learn each other's tells, you learn each other's responses. You kind of can predict with fair accuracy how a person's gonna respond to a thing you're about to say, because if it's the type of conversation you've had for us for 10 years, uh, we're humans, we're mostly predictable. And JB has some initial responses to things that for different reasons, like I don't react well to it. It either stresses me out as his submissive, it stresses me out as a recovering people pleaser, it stress or it upsets me because I feel like He's already jumped to the worst conclusion, but I give me a second, I'll give you a possible solution. Like when I come to you with things, especially if I'm presenting problems, mm-hmm. 95% of the time I'm coming with solutions too, right? You can reject my solutions, but I'm coming with solutions because we've done the episode on fixing. I'm, if there's a problem, I'm gonna try and fix it. But what'll happen, Y'all notice I take pauses mostly to get a gulp of oxygen in so I can keep talking real fast. (laughs) What'll happen is I'll start speaking to JB about something and there'll be a comma or a semicolon in the the sentence I'm trying to say. It's, I don't say comma or semicolon, but the pause is there with the understanding in my mind that there's more coming, just let me take a breath. (laughs) Yes, I do breathe when I speak. I know that's hard to imagine. What happens though is if I need to tell him something not so great, 
that is going to elicit a negative initial response. That size one. There's another, and podcast <laughs> listeners, I'm so sorry you can't like see this. He does this slump thing where his eyes close and his face grimaces and his shoulders slump. And you think you've just told him like, here we go again. Right. And something about their response because of the stuff that I go through <laughs> and have gone through in my life and the things I need to work on. Like it sets me on edge or it causes stress. So here's the thing I've learned. It's a long way to tell you all this story. I think I've learned in 10 years. If I anticipate that'll be the reaction, to keep the lines of communication open, to keep my own stress level down, and because I'm a people pleasing kind of girl, to hopefully keep his stress level down. I start the conversation before I tell him what I gotta tell him. I'm like, look, I gotta tell you something. What I need you to do is to please don't, and then have this reaction. Please don't sigh. Please don't do the slump. Yeah. Please don't you'll, you'll look say, disgusted. Hear it all the way out first. Hear me all the way out before you respond and react. Now, I sometimes I'm asking for a Herculean effort. Like we're human. <laughs> sometimes we have initial gut responses, but I have learned that I can I know which of your responses will like throw me off. I know which of your responses you're most likely to have. Mm -hmm. But I also know that if I ask you to take a pause, to stop and think for a moment, you will hear me all the way out, think, and then have a response. True. Now, if I did that in every fucking conversation, that would get old real quick and it wouldn't work and it wouldn't be effective. But <laughs> I have now in the past three days done that no less than four times. And I just, it hits me every single time mm -hmm. that I have learned it about me. I've learned stuff about you. I'm now taking yeah. that information and going, how do I make this a better situation for all of us and still have clear, effective communication? Because the times when our connection, not our relationship, but our connection to one another breaks down is when communication breaks mm -hmm. down. When we're talking at true. one another and not listening to one another or giving the other space to explain themselves because we're tired or we're frustrated mm -hmm. or we're stressed or we're freaked out or whatever, whatever. And when the thing I've learned to do after all these years, and again, it goes back to feeling safe to do it because you allowed me to do it the first time and you responded to it. I asked you for a thing, hey, before you give me this reaction, I think you're about to give me, hear me all the way out. And you, I remember the first time I did it because you looked at me like, what? And then you took it in and did it. Yeah. And it was a better conversation mm -hmm. because sometimes what will happen is I come with an issue, semicolon, a possible solution. <laughs> His initial resp negative response to hearing the problem but not the solution will throw me so off and stress me out. We're now arguing when I actually had a solution. What are we doing? Ten years ago, me, 33-year-old me would nef could never, had no clue that was an option. Certainly not as a submissive to a dominant partner. Never could have known that. <laughs> never could have known that. Okay, your turn. What have you got? Okay. Um, this is really going to sound funny, folks. But as much as I talk about patience and how she needs to be patient. Patience is no fun. One thing I have uh, learned over the years, I need to exercise patience as much as anyone. The day I learned you were not infinitely patient right? blew my fucking mind. Uh-huh. I because know I did. Because in, you know, in the power exchange, 
certainly in the bedroom, mm-hmm. you appear to have infinite patience. I don't know if you really do or you're just a really good actor. I don't care. And it's hot and it's kinky and it's great. And I, and you had patience, extreme patience as we developed our relationship early days. Mm-hmm. You stayed extremely patient. And I just thought that's who he is. And. of the time, that's exactly who you are. You're very patient because you're, I hate to say the the term mild mannered because it's usually kind of used as a pejorative or a negative, but you're not walking around (laughs) slamming fucking doors and yelling at folks and cussing. You're like, you're calm, you're quiet, you're patient. And I fucking love that about you because I am none of those things. (laughs) Um, But it did blow my mind the day I finally went, oh my God, he's not always patient. Because your impatience makes me impatient. Your Mm -hmm. impatience, and I don't know how much of this is uh, childhood trauma and how much of this is being in our power exchange. Like I, sometimes it's the threads are too intertwined. I cannot pull these apart. So we just kind of go, it's all of it. When you get impatient about something, my service self Mm -hmm. is desperate to fix it for you. Ah. But, my pragmatic self will always win and knows that certain things you're impatient about, I cannot fix. And so then I am frustrated and you are frustrated and now we're frustrated together and we're probably snapping at one another. (laughs) But it did blow my mind the first time. I actually, I think, I don't remember what it was you were feeling impatient about. I cannot remember. I remember laughing, like laughing Mm -hmm. my ass off because I went, wait, wait, hold on, hold up. Yeah. All the lectures I get about being impatient and, mm-hmm. and look at you over here, Mr. Impatient. It was delightful, but it also over time, because I internalize that kind of stuff, well, you know, it can that, be stressful. That came with the territory. Early on, I told you, do not put me on a pedestal. Mm-hmm, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. I said, because I am only human and I am going to, uh, you know, you put me up there, I'm going to fall. Oh, no. And we have a couple times talked about, not in great detail, the time you fell from the pedestal that I did not think you were on. <laughs> and you had you admitted unprompted you had fucked up. And in the moment you admitted you had fucked up, like fucked up, y'all, like <laughs> said, I will never do that thing and then did that thing. I had to make split second decisions of how am I going to handle it as internally my brain is going, what the fuck just happened here? Mm -hmm. JB doesn't do this. That's not who he is, except it is who he is because we are all, you know, a million shades of gray, not just 50. Mm -hmm. And with everybody has multitudes within them and we are all capable of both the best and the worst and then everything in the middle. So of course you were that person, but my brain went, he's not that person. But you were that person, not that you fucked up, because yeah, everybody fucks up, but that you immediately did the right thing and you confessed and you apologized. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was during a stressful moment in your life, so it, uh, it was also understandable. It did not impact the function of our relationship. It was more mm-hmm. of a my, very minor breach of trust. That's a thing I've learned in 10 years. I was partly because of piss poor relationships I had been in prior to our relationship. I was very black and white on how I would respond to broken trust. Mm. And broken trust comes in a variety of flavors from the white lie that somebody said because they didn't know what else to say and they got nervous and were afraid all the way to the bald face lies that irreparably kill a relationship and you cannot come mm-hmm. back from. And prior to our relationship, I was very much, I don't care what it is. If I can't trust you, I can't trust you. That's 
it done because I got trust issues. You spent several months working through my trust issues. <laughs> I mean, we were seeing and meeting up and I was still going, but we're not in a relationship. And everybody around me is like, what? <laughs> like, mm. Anyway, that moment when you fell from your pedestal was a moment I had to weigh what could have on paper been, oh, breach of trust. He said he'd never do this. He, for five seconds, you you lied and said, you yo, I'm definitely not. And I went, <laughs> I'm not a fucking idiot. And you went, okay, I definitely am. I had to weigh the white lie that didn't actually harm anything that came from a place of fear versus my stance on all lies everywhere all the time. Um, and it was a pivotal moment because I had to see something in a much more nuanced way than I had before. And I did, I mean, it weighed on me for a while because I was like, bitch, you don't let anybody lie to you but one fucking time. And I think I, we, from that moment, we walked. I walked away from it and I was on guard for a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. is this a new pattern? Is this something like happen? No, you have been who you always are. The one thing I'll say for you is you don't give me white lies anymore. True. You will do, I won't even call it a lie of omission because because you know how I feel. I don't like those either. Just fucking tell me. Tell me the hard thing. Let's move move on. Right. You will put me off though. Your health issues recently. I knew something was, wasn't right. Like, don't don't play with me. Don't fuck with me. I, please, I know you better than you know you. I, if I could, <laughs> I know every cellular part of you internally. It's just not physically capable. I don't have the magic school bus, okay, to get inside yeah. you. So, and if anybody gets that reference, we are, we're buds. Anyway, <clears throat> like, but I know you so well. I Like, when your health was a, affecting you and you weren't talking about it, the one thing you never did was li bold-faced lie. Mm -hmm. You just went, I'm feeling stressed or I'm worried, but I'm not ready to talk about it. Or yeah, I'm off. I'm not exactly sure. And you weren't exactly sure. Right. But those kinds of untruths for me after all these years do not rise to the level of, I cannot trust this person. He's no longer safe. They are, oh my God, what the fuck is he afraid of? And why is he being afraid with me? I'm a kick his ass. I'm not really but I'm gonna want to, and I'm gonna talk big game, and I'm gonna like low key in a loving way, bully the fuck out of you until you tell me. <laughs> On paper, it would not seem healthy, but we make it work for us. <laughs> it also on paper does probably does not sound very power exchangey. That's not very subby of me, I get it. But also uh, I can't serve somebody who drops dead in front of me cause he don't tell me shit, so. But yeah, I mean that that was a that was a, a weird awakening that happened fairly early. We we weren't married yet, mm -mm. but has evolved over time so that I do not accept lies from you. Right. But I'm much more understanding of your human frailties and shortcomings and the, the things humanness. that yeah, like you're not on the pedestal anymore. But also I don't take I won't give let you get away with shit either. <laughs> <laughs> like I am quick on the draw if I think that you're trying to spare me something mm -hmm. because you ha you know are afraid of something, whether it's not the outcome, not my reaction. That first time you were afraid of my reaction. Now I think you're afraid of either your worry might be true and or that you're gonna send me into a spiral of either activity or anxiety and you're trying to protect me. Mm -hmm. And if you did it all of the time, this relationship couldn't survive because that's too much. But it's it's almost like you 
you dole it out, not purposefully, but it's like it's one time every two or three years. Well, okay, it's fine. So. <laughs> Um, let me think of another thing, or do you have another thing? Um, I, I think one of the thing, the other things I've learned in in throughout our relationship, is how much empathy plays a big part in DS. Oh, because it plays a big part in every when, human relationship. But sure. Well, you know, yes. I mean, yes, it it does play a big part in the relationship. But you know, um, there was a time. You know, you read erotica you read you watch you know movies and and you look at how things are done um you know going back years ago in in the high protocol and the old guard and you know there did not appear to be much empathy Mm -hmm. at play in there and and how untrue it is you know and and a lot of people kind of make it well I i mean it was even there was a time um I met a number of people in the lifestyle when I first, you know, started coming into the community. Oh, you cannot love your DS partner. I, even when I first started coming, I was still hearing that a little bit, yeah. a little bit of, oh, there you should know, not be love yeah, in your power they're, they're, exchange. They're, they're, you know, love and, and power exchange do not go hand in hand. You can't love somebody you dominate. You can't yeah. love somebody you submit to. Or a submissive was allowed to love. But it would be unrequited. It would be mm-hmm. from afar. It would yeah. be tragic and heartbreak. I, even yeah. in 2012, there was still rumblings of that that I was hearing. Mm-hmm. I hope most of us have evolved from that since yeah. then. And um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely, you know, learned that empathy plays a big part mm-hmm. in in any DS relationship. Absolutely, because empathy is just it's a it's a, a a good skill to have as a human being because if you can imagine what somebody might be going through you can be under then you can be understanding of what they're going through and, and where they're mm-hmm. at that doesn't negate consequences for certain things but to have empathy means that you're not going to just hit me as hard as you can because you can mm-hmm. you're going to factor in well how is how does she feel about that right what's good to her what's not good to her what mm-hmm. what is she willing to handle what can she handle and when you start with empathy in just specifically, we're not even talking about relationships, just specifically play like, cause we play mm-hmm. with pain and other sensations. When you start yep. with empathy, that's how somebody over time can then trust you <laughs> to stretch those boundaries. Cause I know that you're not trying to hurt me just because you can, or you're not trying to do this thing because you can, but also because maybe it's what I want as right. well. Correct. I mean, correct. Yeah, the the fantasy erotica, especially of the the cold dominant. Yeah. Like, there's in scene for about five minutes. I'm good with that. Like, I, could I even do a whole ass scene with that? Probably, but one, it would only happen because I know who you really are, and I would know that even as you're play acting, that you're still taking my needs, wants, desires, blah blah blah, feelings, all of that into account and mm-hmm. two i know we're gonna end with some serious aftercare where you're like no no no, my precious baby i love you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i think you're amazing mm-hmm. it's fine and i would get all of the the affirmations and the reminders that i need that oh, no you're not actually this cold unfeeling person yeah. the fantasy of it in play is hot the living with it day to day where 
you're basically running up against a brick wall of somebody who refuses to understand you and empathize with you. No, that's not sustainable in, within mm-hmm. a relationship. It's just, it, and I don't care if we're talking a romantic, a sexual or a platonic relationship. It doesn't matter. That's not sustainable in a relationship for somebody to, ref, not to not be able to, but to refuse to empathize or to try to understand or to connect on that level. Like it's just, no, no, it's not gonna work out past a certain point. Never, never. Um, I have definitely learned things that we've talked about since we started the podcast is everything I've learned. But yeah. the, the good reminder that I wanna believe that 32, 33 year old me knew, but didn't, I think I knew it academically and I didn't know it in my heart and soul is that no matter what my power exchange looks like, what my kinks look like, there are as many different ways to experience kink and power exchange and pleasure and pain as there are people experiencing all of that. It is that nuanced. So what Mm -hmm. you and I put together for ourselves and go, this is what our power exchange is. This is what our, how we play in kink. This is what we do. It might be something that we show as an example, but it is never the one way to play. And and I know that, like I I know that, and I, I really know it now after all these years. Yeah. But the fun slash interesting thing is being reminded of it. And, I, and I, I know it and I still forget it. And what I mean by that is we were at the woodshed a couple of weeks ago and there's so mm-hmm. many different types of kinksters and ways of expressing kink and, age ranges and just types of people. And I like, you know it, but sometimes you have to go see it to really- to For it to kind of hit home. Right, and yeah. it, one, it was like, fun and exciting because it's like, that's right. My little bubble is not the only mm-hmm. little bubble. Mm-hmm. But I know that the shock to my system of figuring out there's all these different ways and all these different types of people and it's so unique for everybody, like baby kinkster me <laughs> 10 years ago was much more, internally shocked when I was reminded of it. Ah. And now it's this really pleasant, like it's a pleasant reminder. It's a, that's right. Look at the breadth of humanity we have here. Look at all these different styles. Look at like, I don't, and I don't always understand people when, when, when I'm, and what I mean by understand is I, I, I understand the words are saying, I acknowledge who they are, but like, I can't relate to everybody's kink experience. And also that's okay. Right for like younger me, pre-kink me, if it, if I couldn't relate to it, I just didn't get it, right? Mm-hmm. I would say a not uncommon, extremely privileged, uh, very immature kind of way of looking at things. Um, and now I'm actually like really curious and interested when I can't relate, cause I'm like, I would like to learn more about that, please and thank you. <laughs> because I, I still can't relate and I don't have to relate, but yeah. it is, it it adds to the wide, the width and breadth and depth of my understanding of, of humans and kink and how we relate and it's yeah. fascinating. I, I think for me and along the lines of what you were just talking about, you know, we, you know, often say, talk about how kink is a spectrum and, you know, there, there's no right way to do it, wrong way to do it. You, you know, you express it for what works for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I, I think I see things a little bit more than you do because, you know, I'm, I'm the one. You're our social butterfly. Bouncing around online somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, you know, it's we, we do tend, because of the way our lives are structured, we do tend to spend a good amount of our time here at home, you know, not just having our relationship, but working and, and such right. that, you know, you don't see it. And I, for me, being at the woodshed and, and seeing that, you know, they're in person, it was refreshing. It was refreshing is the right word. It was refreshing. Yeah. I, I easily forget mm-hmm. how invigorating it can be. Yeah. I mean, you get, a, you, you get a little bit of it at a munch. And the munches for me have been so overwhelming. I'm not getting any of yeah. it right now. At I, you know, you get a little bit of uh, at a munch, but mm-hmm. because it's in a vanilla setting, you yeah. know, you, you know, it's kind of there, but it, it's and not as, as prominent. And they, they yeah. kind of like and, and they kind the of temper. But yeah. yeah, being at the woodshed where everybody could just be mm-hmm. who they are, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was very refreshing and, and nice to see it. And that's a vibe in and of itself. When you know you're in a space mm-hmm. where you can just be exactly who you are. Right. Um, and that obviously relates specifically to your kinks and and maybe your kink identity or whatever but i found it true we were just setting up um they played some music over the speakers that was like fun and whatever and i who am i know it's hard to believe when you're here in this space with us but i tend to be fairly reserved in public was setting up our table and i'm dancing Uh, not well y'all no, no. Um, the one thing I did stop myself from was singing because uh, people should consent to that level of pain. Um, but it's because I knew this was a, a safe place. Right. Like this was, it's not always 100% of the time universally safe for every individual because individuals are interacting. But in general, mm-hmm. this is a place where you're supposed to just be who you are. And I was, I was my baby girl self. You were. Until I got to be my carnival barker, uh, sell all the tickets kind of self. Tickets being code for all the product. But, you know, like then yeah. I got went to performance mode and that was different. But, yeah, that vibe is, it's easy to forget. Yeah. And it's some of my, not all of, but some of my most formative BDSM memories and experiences happened in kink spaces. Mm-hmm. I got, I became almost instantly, it was sort of a weird shift comfortable getting nearly naked in a semi-public space known as a BDSM dungeon after my first experience in a BDSM dungeon where I watched people of all body types and all body sizes just basically mostly stripped to mostly nude and I went well shit I look like that and I'm I'm watching not in judgment of their body because that wasn't the thing I was watching I was watching Mm -hmm. the bondage scene or whatever and I you know could I be a person who walks up to a St. Andrew's cross and literally just takes off most of her clothes, regardless of who's watching, If had I not had that first experience? No. Had I never got into a dungeon at this point, I mean, my personality might be solidified at this point. Might never happen, I don't know. But it might also happen because that's the other thing I've learned, which is there hasn't been an age yet where I haven't learned something. I've been able to expand my understanding of things and grow a little bit and and find a certain comfort level in trying new things. That's a huge thing with kink. It is very Mm -hmm. easy for anybody in or out of kink to 
stay in one spot and do the same thing and never deviate for all kinds of reasons, you know, both uh, understandable and and less sure. than understandable. And, and but, that's absolutely fine. If right. Yeah. If, as long as you're happy with that. Exactly. But kink is also the place where you can, if you choose to, constantly learn new things. Mm-hmm. Constantly. Because you're either learning about new people, you're learning new kinks, you're learning new ways to do old kinks, you're learning about new products or toys or pervertibles to use or because you're have the ability potentially if you're out in the king community to be around so many different types of people you're learning all the things you could do that might not even be about kink would we be kinky business owners if not for some of our experiences in kink not just the we like mm-hmm. kink fuck i don't know and shit some of the shit i learned about business i learned from other kinksters who are also running bit like it's just if you are open to it and willing to do it and can do it because there are lots of reasons people might want to learn things and do that be that way and they can't like you could you can go your whole life and never stop learning and growing that's, even on the subtlest smallest yeah. details there's something to learn and and that's absolutely true and that that's something i think you know about what what has happened i mean i've always been a curious George, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, because even before I met you, I was att- I attended, you know, different workshops and and went to number different munches. But um, you know, any more so, it it's it's kind of been a given, you know. I I, I want to soak it up. Mm-hmm. I I think one of the funniest things is, you know, I have you know, attended like different one-on-one workshops and you're like, why are you attending a one-on-one? You know, you, you know could teach this one-on-one you know, workshop. <laughs> and, and it's because everybody who, who teaches something like that, mm-hmm. you know, while there may be overlapping similarities, they bring their own perspective to it. Mm-hmm. And there always will be this, this, you know, at least one or two nuggets mm-hmm. of, Oh yeah, you can do that. Right, or I never thought or I, about that. Or I that. never thought mm-hmm. about doing it this way. Or mm-hmm. you know, that's a new technique I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's always something to be gained. There's always something to be learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like we've learned in the past ten years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me segue. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think. I would like to to because we could go on forever. Mm-hmm. Y'all know, but I'd like to kind of wrap up if we can with one more thing each of what we've learned that's maybe specific to either ourselves as individuals or mm-hmm. us together or or no 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 let's do this because this is where i started with this oh goodness what's something you've learned about me in 10 years um also i'll tell you what i just learned uh on these ikea chairs that have holes in them that look like legos on my thighs when i get up uh they make popping sounds when i shift my thigh <laughs> that was just because you're releasing from the yeah, <laughs> that has nothing to do with the episode, but that is the yeah. thing I learned today. Yeah. Okay, have you learned um, anything about me in the past ten years? I I have learned that you are a force to be reckoned with. You're gonna make me blush. Stop! Don't be nice to me. <laughs> okay, you're a horrible. <laughs> no, don't be mean to me. <laughs> don't be. No, you you are a force to be reckoned with because when you set your mind and and you know set your sights on something, you do whatever it takes 
to get there. And even if it doesn't seem possible, you try to find a way to do it. Yeah, that's probably not healthy, but okay. <laughs> and, you know, over over the course of the 10 years that we've been together, while there are times I've had to temper you. Yeah, I don't like that. You know, um, for the most part, I, I think that is an amazing um, trait that you have. I mean, I would have never, you know, when we met 10 years ago and started talking, would I have ever thought that I would be sitting in front of a microphone and a camera talking about kink and relationship and, and the rest of my time spent making weapons of ass destruction? Certainly not at the level that I'm demanding you make them right now. Yeah, I know, and right? No, you know, not. so, you, you know, yeah, it's... And see, we could not do any of those things if we weren't doing them together. True. I mean, the, I have I have my talents and strengths and abilities, but the things you do are the things you need to be the one doing. And so I could have all these ideas, and believe me, mm -hmm. prior to knowing you, Early in our relationship, up until we finally went, yeah, let's do this thing that we're doing now. <laughs> As you well know, I was filled with ideas and no place to direct them. Right. Like just constant noise in my head of all these things I could be doing. And no... That hasn't changed. That hasn't really changed. <laughs> right now I'm just too busy to think about things, which is, <laughs> I don't like that either. Got to find the middle ground. But, you know, I can have all the ideas in the world. I can have all the drive in the world. Mm -hmm. But I needed to find the right partner who happened to be a romantic sexual power exchange partner, but also <laughs> business partner, friend, all of that, who could do the part I couldn't do. Like, God knows we're still learning. We're real imperfect at it. And there have yeah. been some midnight conversations lately of what yeah, the hell? Yeah. Like, but we do it together. Yeah. And the thing is, and this is not my thing I'm going to say about you, but this is a thing I've also learned. You and I, not because Kayla Lords and John Brownstone individually are these unique, special snowflake, the most special, unique people ever who only we could do this, but you and I, because of the nature of our relationship, the level of communication we put into it, the trust we've mm -hmm. formed, the bond we've formed, we are better together than apart. We are True. perfectly fine as unique, whole ass individuals. I am my own person, you are your own mm -hmm. person. But on the things that are right for us, when we come together, we're better as a unit. True. And I kind of, I think I was feeling that early on. It, I, I think I understood that to some extent when we started the process of moving in together. Because that was the very first time in our, at that point, what, 14 month relationship, give or take, mm -hmm. that we had decided on a goal that we wanted to achieve together. Correct. Then we divvied out the parts that had to be done. And so you had your separate things to do and I had my separate things to do. And we had to come together periodically. At that point it was virtually come together because right. while we were moving in and, and going through that whole process, we didn't visit one another, that sucked. But we had to go off separately and do what was our responsibility mm -hmm. and periodically come back together to report in, to get feedback, to go, I have run into a problem. What do you want to do? Right. And we had to achieve this goal together. And that was for all that it was a big, huge, scary thing. I picked up my life and my two children and moved several hundred miles away to 
live with a man I never lived with, live in a town I never lived in, live a type of life I had never lived. And yet it was probably the least stressful move or relationship change I've ever made in my life. Now Mm. at the time, could I have communicated the, we are better together. We make make each other better when we're, you know, doing Mm -hmm. stuff together. No, but I know that now. Right. And so I know that for all the ups and downs of the shit we've been doing for the past couple years, especially business-wise, being yeah. self-employed, as difficult as it is, never would have gotten this far without without you. You couldn't have gotten this far without me. It had okay. to be the two of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have to tell you what I've learned about you. And you said really nice things. And here I am, I'm probably gonna sound like a shitty person. And I Uh-oh. don't mean to, because I say it all with love. Here's the Uh thing I've learned about you. And I knew this, but there's a difference between knowing something intellectually and knowing it because you live it every moment. So you've never been the type of dominant who's the cold, unfeeling, emotionally distant. I couldn't have been with a person like that. I tried that, my that very first relationship, it was hot and sexy. It would never have lasted long-term. I can't, like, if, if we can't be goofy and silly together Mm -hmm. as well, if the dynamic can't fit within all the parts of our personalities, then it's, I know now it's never gonna work. But here's the thing I have learned. Uh-oh. And I've, I've known it now for several years because we've lived together since 2014. But I've, maybe it's, it's because of the long-term relationship. Maybe it's because even when we first moved in together, there were parts of you that weren't quite comfortable always being seen in the same way that they are now because it's been so many years. I've always known that you had emotions. You're an empathetic person. You're humble, you're kind, you're nice, you're a good human being, you're curious intellectually and otherwise, all of those things. Here's the thing that I did not know until a certain point in our relationship, I don't remember when, and I've continued to learn ever since. You are an and I say this in a good way, it's not a negative. You are an extremely emotional creature. You cry yeah. at sad movies. You can laugh until you almost make yourself sick. You have a level of empathy that I consider myself a relatively empathetic person. Nah, I'm a cold hearted bitch compared to you and your empathy. Uh, <laughs> um, and that should not be a revelation that John Brownstone dominant, husband, woodworker, kinky person, whatever, like whatever, is emotional. But one, we do not talk about men's emotions as often as we should in a Mm -hmm. patriarchal society. And also men have emotions, we all know this, but the most prevalent one most of us are most familiar with is anger, which apparently society treats as if it is not an emotion. You get angry, you absolutely get angry. You were also one of the first people I could be, I was close to in this way, live with, spend day to day with, whose, Lola agrees, whose anger was still a safe anger. You are in touch with your emotions until you decide to live in denial and I call you out on it. He does that to you. <laughs> you can get angry and it not be terrifying for the person on the other end mm-hmm. and it not be toxic and it, It can be irrational, because everybody can be, and I'll be the first one to call you on your irrational bullshit. I I love you, mean it. (laughs) But you are, 
more so than men that have been a part of my life in the past, very in tune and in touch with your emotions. Now you'll do the typical, I don't know if it's a guy thing or a human thing or a both thing. You'll do the, I shouldn't feel this way. And then I'll do some therapy speak I learned in therapy five years ago or something and, and tell you to stop doing that. But you are not afraid to show your emotions. You are not afraid of your emotions. You And yet you do not allow your emotions to overwhelm you to the point that you cannot continue to be who you are. You know what I mean? Like you mm -hmm. have all the reasons in the world that you should could have ended up differently. You've had the traumatic experiences. You've, God knows you've, ooh, some family stuff. <laughs> and I know part of it is a little bit of sheer luck that you adapted in such a way that we're not undoing toxic stuff. Like, like other people have to undo toxic stuff. Mm -hmm. I also think maybe it's a benefit that I met you later in life because twenties you was probably vastly different than fifties yes. you. Yes. Right. Um, I'm making an assumption here, but I feel like it's a safe assumption that in the time prior to me knowing you, whatever the work was you needed to do, and maybe you didn't do the work as we tend to call that emotional healing and labor, the way that we talk about doing it now, you know, mm -hmm. but from outside looking in, knowing what I know about your life before me, you should be a bigger asshole than you are. <laughs> <laughs> and you have definitely done the work, capital T, capital W, the work on yourself. And it comes through in your relationship now. Now, I don't know how much of that work is just you got old enough to go, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to be who I am. I've got nothing to prove anymore. But a huge draw of for me to you, and I have found many other people to you, <laughs> is that you don't walk around like you've got something to prove to anybody that for the insecurities that I know mm -hmm. you have, outward appearances, you're secure in yourself. You will cry at the sad movie. You will cry at the funeral. You will laugh till you make yourself sick. You will have the full you know, expanse of human emotion and let trusted people see that. And you don't pretend otherwise. You're Every once in a while, and it is a source of an argument for us. Every once in a while, old habits die hard and you try to be big and tough at a time I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? A per, you know, a family member, a loved one just died. You cry, what the fuck? Don't pretend with me. But I've also learned, again, we go back to safety. I can say that to you. And True. you will listen to me. <laughs> like- Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> and for all that I tease you, cause I'm a Scorpio bitch who's like, why are we crying? It's just kittens. Right. <laughs> Never mind. five minutes from then I will cry over something, I whatever. Um, for all that I tease you about some of those things, especially, man, I still go back to the finding you at your desk, watching YouTube, weeping, just weeping <laughs> over a documentary. It still gives me a giggle. <laughs> I admire that about you. I am impressed with that about you. I also know this relationship can never have gotten to this point with this level of communication and this level of ooh, open and honesty. And sometimes I think both of us are like, I wish we could be a little less honest with one another. <laughs> if you hadn't done the work, couldn't, weren't so in touch with your emotions, weren't, you know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know who needs to hear to just like go work on yourself and like get in touch with your fucking emotions. <laughs> but 
consider this, whoever that person is out there, consider this your sign, okay? <laughs> because that's not the reason we have a happy, healthy power exchange relationship. The reason mm-hmm. we have a happy, healthy power exchange relationship is because we're willing to work on it. We're willing to compromise where we need compromise. We're willing to push back where we need to push back. We are a safe space for each other always even when we forget and we are imperfectly human and one of us and it can be either of us is a judgy bitch okay (laughs) um not just me sometimes he's a judgy bitch y'all um but deep like you being having that emotional intelligence for yourself and that willingness to just be your full self adds to that and has made it easier to have all of the other things Cause I'm not also fighting constantly to go, but how do you really feel? What do you really mean when you say that? What is really going on? Like, I don't, we don't have those conversations, but every once in a while, and it's usually yeah. big, big moments, usually when you're terrified. Mm-hmm. Me, around here with you, everybody else not so much, with you, open fucking book, you wish I'd shut up, I know. The book is so open, it's like, can we put a bookmark here? And like, right, <laughs> come back later. Right, come back, yeah, take a pause. But we've already established I am a lot Registered trademark, it's fun. Um, but yeah, I've learned that about you over the years, slowly but surely, because it's built, the longer we've been together, the mm-hmm. more shit we've been through. Right. You've, you know, you've never tried to hide that from me. And I think that's a factor, a big factor in why the rest of it can all happen. <laughs> Are there other things we could say? Sure, but this, that, this is too big. And believe yeah. me, we're gonna hit other 10 year plus anniversaries. So we'll save it. <laughs> we'll save it for that. There you go. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Daddy? Nope, I think we're good. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got. We'll do a bonus section. Okay. I don't know if this helped anybody or did anything for anybody, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I can't stop staring at you and smiling like <laughs> a big dumbass. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Goofball. Always. Yeah. yeah. Always. Okay. okay, so are we? I have no idea what we are. Okay. Keep, Keep it kinky, kinky y'all. y'all, and we'll see you next week. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? You're not talked out? You're not out of breath? Have I ever? Like, when was the last time you, time you saw me actually talked out? Yeah, never. Hasn't happened yet. I'm sure. It, you know when it has happened when we've gone to conventions? Three-day conventions by the end of the third That's day? That's true. That's true. I'm ready to hide in a corner. Mm-hmm. Put the blanket over my head. But that takes three days. Three days. Yeah. That's and jet true. lag. Jet lag in three days. Yeah. And then I'm done. Until then, psh, I could probably keep going. Let's take a three-day trip. Let's just take a three-day trip. We yeah, haven't I, taken I, a trip together since before COVID. I know. Well, we have, but they're not well, like, it's not the same. No. No. It's not the same. Mm-mm. And we haven't taken three-day trips. Have we? No. 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 No, we haven't. No. But at any rate, go ahead. Talk to the crickets. I was going to say <laughs> something, and I think I said, don't worry, I'll talk about that in the bonus section. Was it about the kinkery? I believe so. We had a sale, y'all. And technically, as we're recording this, we still have about 12 hours left of the sale. And in the best case scenario, and the like our wildest hopes and dreams, they all came true. Mm-hmm. 
But y'all have kicked our ass. <laughs> and we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Oh, it was consensual. And I'm, I'm here for that. I'm happy to be the bottom in that situation. I'm, we were talking about this. So we started our Black Friday sale last Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And it exploded for us and it was great thanks to anybody and everybody who made a purchase or just told somebody about it that that is helpful too um and it just never stopped the orders kept coming in we did take thanksgiving day Mm -hmm. off uh and then like we've just started and never stopped we've run out of supplies we've run out of product i've fielded more customer emails than in the past week than i probably have in the past year um and it's been wonderful and lovely right. but you and i were talking about it because this is this is a sale and it's the holidays it's not going to be like this every all the time and um you were saying after the woodshed you felt like you were having a bit of a drop because you've yes. done all that work to get us ready for this time of year mm-hmm. and then we had the big event at the woodshed and then there was the drop from it yeah i can feel my drop coming and i'm uh. doing my best to extend everything a little bit longer so maybe i don't have to drop and that's because we've been busy i've there's a reason there was no topic until an hour before we started recording (laughs) i've just been in kinkery mode for a solid week and it's wonderful and i fucking loved it it's amazing um could the rest of life stop while that's happening though (laughs) that would be great too yeah yeah but i know that it's winding down we're at the last day of the Mm -hmm. sale the numbers you know are are dropping because that's what they do it's all fine is this is not actually a problem but i know that tomorrow when there's no sale (laughs) and the orders go back to like a more normal level and you're just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna sink like a stone uh, that drop's gonna be hard, and I am already dreading it. I'm already dreading it. I'm already dreading it. I better set set up a uh, a line for you with uh, unlimited diet cokes. Yeah, and potato <laughs> chips. That's what I I stress eat. It's the crunch. Yes, I could get that crunch from uh, carrots or crackers or something. <laughs> they do not taste like potato chips. When you find me a carrot that tastes like a potato chip, I'll eat that for my crunch need. But yeah. <sighs> oh gosh, Tashu asked for a total blast from the right past. Uh, an emoji of the day. I don't know. Mm. Is there like a number 10 in the emojis? I don't don't know. Or is there like an anniversary emoji? Or is there like an education learning emoji? One of those. One of those. Uh, Tayshu goes, sounds like we need a small business holiday sales salami. Uh, it's a type of aftercare salami. And if you're like, what the fuck is aftercare salami? You need to go listen to the Pink King podcast right. and let Rara and Dara explain it. Cause I'm not even going to try. Um, and now Mr. Spock wants potato chips too. See, I am an influencer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> little miss found a, a 10 emoji. Well, let's see. Emoji of the week. And then there's that emoji. That emoji, as if anybody who can hear the sound of your voice knows what you're talking about. The, the mon- <laughs> All right, yeah. The monocled emoji. The monocle. I love to use that one sometimes. Sometimes sarcastically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, 
what have you got? I'm I'm fighting off drop with a sword and shield at this yeah. point. That's all I got. My brain is fuzzy. It's fuzzy around the edges. I don't have time for it now. I know. I have a list of things I need you to go make in your magical I shop. I know you do. Because we've run out of things, and it's a great problem to have. Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, I've been making, making, making. And uh, last night... We went out and bought a new kitchen sink and faucet. Because did we find... So, you have to understand, <laughs> part of the backstory is the faucet, I, it feels like it's as old as the 17-year-old, if not older, and falling apart. We've needed to replace it. Yeah. The sink, we fucking hate. We hated it when we moved in. We fucking hate it. Yeah. But also, there's a leak that yeah. has to be fixed. We, we came home Tuesday night from shopping. We were putting stuff away and went under the sink, and you made an exclamation about... There's something wet. Something wet down here. The the thing, the one thing you don't want to hear when you're near a sink. Right. <laughs> or at least under a sink. So I got down there and started handing her stuff. And towards the front, there was, didn't find anything. And as we got further to the back, it was a pretty good sized puddle of water. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, um, the sink and faucet are original to the house are they really i I would venture that oh gosh um that they are original um and we have had some work done under there a few times and we've known this the faucet especially um you know has lived a long life and and has served well but it it's was starting to he needs to be retired you know it, it it was ready for retirement and um after after seeing the leak and being able to find out where the leak was coming from it's like yeah this you know could have probably had it fixed yeah but let's just replace the whole damn thing uh, it, it's just the point you know well fix this where it's where is it gonna start now next and uh so yeah we, we've got a new sink and faucet and I was so busy doing other in. things. I know you called the plumber. I did. When are they coming? A week from tomorrow. Yeah. I had hoped they would come I sooner. Know. I'm sad now. Well, for now the leak is contained. Yeah. And water isn't spewing everywhere. Thankfully, it's a, a somewhat slow leak. It's still a leak. I know. There's also, we need to... We've told this story before about how our shower in our bathroom does not have a shower door. <laughs> we were we need to put up a new one, and we're putting it up ourselves. We, yeah. A few weeks ago, we purchased said door. Still have not put that up. We need to put that up. Also, we have a ton of leaves, and we usually were taking them to the dump. the, the dump because they do yard waste and stuff. And we mutually decided, sure, we'll do a compost heap. We have all the things to make that little fancy thing. We have not done that yet either. No. Uh, what else? <laughs> I feel like there's other things. Oh, there's we're like, always. Oh, we're supposed to do that. We have not done that yet either. Always. Always other things. Like, but and we did manage to go. Gr- part of our grocery shopping on Tuesday. Not all of it. I yeah. still have to go to Walmart. But uh-huh. got part of the grocery shopping yeah. done. And and poor Kayla. She was like, you know, we if we get the sink, can, can you put it in? Can we put it in? Like. I have put sinks and faucets in before. It would be cheaper if we could do yeah. it, yeah. And and I have the know-how. I, I know what to do. I know how to do it. I have the tools to do it. 
unfortunately, right now, I am physically unable yeah, no. to do it. If you got down on the floor and couldn't get back up. Crawled that... up under that sink, I, I'd pretty much be living there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you had your doctor's appointment, and they all want to know how you're even still walking right. with your back. So, yeah, let, maybe let us not make you twist into a, a pretzel to get under the sink. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. See, I, I'm. it's all about service here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give you what you want. Right. <laughs> But the shower door, we are going to do. That we are going to do, and that, that we should be able to do. Um, yeah, it's just between, and and again, I'm, I am not complaining about this, between um, everything going on, keeping up with the shop right now, um, both boys have stuff going on, going into the holidays. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has just been a flurry Mm-hmm. of activity but you know what we did manage to do and i think it's because it was it was thanksgiving and we we did it we haven't finished it yet mm-hmm. but we will we started a new netflix show we did wednesday yeah so like can i critique it and pick it apart and find some things that i wish they had done differently yes but in general such a good show you say you think we have two episodes left to watch i think we only have one but either way we're almost to the end yeah and i'm really hoping tonight is the night mm-hmm. we can sit and watch that i i hope it's something that they bring back for a second season i don't know if it's like just a one season limited thing or not it has been so good it, it's been a really really good show jenna yes. ortega is a great wednesday yeah. adams and things that have gone on in the show have brought up so many questions about what does this mean and what is this going to mean mm-hmm, later and what mm-hmm. is happening here and i want to know more and oh it's been so good <sighs> yep. yeah that's no, been good it's been a good show and i we talked about it we haven't made plans to but i want to see because i think it's on netflix as, as well the movie. movie the school of good and evil i think mm-hmm. it's called um apparently it's based on a book i don't know because i've barely been reading i'm not keeping up with any of that um but yeah so we actually did take time to sit down and actually watch some tv Mm -hmm. for the first time in a very long time it um it it was kind of uh kind of nice with the exception of packing orders um you know we we kind of took from Thanksgiving, you know, we we, we took the weekend. Yeah, we, we, we kind of took just the weekend off. Orders yeah, I mean, weekend. mostly just focused on orders, and it was it was really kind of nice. It was nice. It was. Um, we probably should do that more often. <laughs> yeah. We for real suck at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was just glad to find a show that we could like sink into and binge. Now there's another show we've been watching on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. We haven't, we binged it at first and then everything got wild. So we've we've been a few episodes behind and we've had to catch up. And that's called Avenue 5? Avenue 5, It yes. is, apparently you and I each enjoy absurdity yes. in shows. Because some of our favorite shows have just been like, it's like a fucked up fever dream. You're like, what is even happening here? And Avenue 5 <laughs> is one of those shows. It's got how many seasons? Three? Four? We're watching the we're, most we're recent We're watching season. the most recent season, the second season. Is it only the second? Why it, did I think it was more than that? I believe okay. it's the second season, yeah. Either way, they're on a spaceship that's a cruise ship in space it's shenanigans left and right. Yes. Hugh Laurie, who alternates in the show on purpose between British accent and American accent, 
uh, is air quote this, the captain, but now he's been elected the supreme leader dictator. Right. <laughs> it is absurd and it is so Be- good. Yeah, because now it's technically they're technically lost in space. Right. Yeah. Except the the um, American government or whatever it's called now because it's not fully American government anymore. It's trying to blow them out of the f- fucking yeah. galaxy. It's oh my god. Yeah. So good. And uh, Josh Gad. Yeah. He's in that too. And he, he is hilarious. Yeah. He's, he's, he, uh, if I'm picking favorite characters, Hugh Laurie's character, the captain, is mm-hmm. my favorite. Others I like better than Josh Gad's character, but he is meant to be obnoxious and unlikable. He, he, and he's doing it very he, well. He plays that part very well. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, you know, I, I didn't seek this thing out. I was just kind of, um, surfing around trying to find something and I, and I saw this pop up and I saw that it had Hugh Laurie in it and and, and I always enjoyed his character you know when he was house yeah yeah and uh, I was like okay can't hurt to check it out and uh, you know watch the first episode and I was like you were sucked in and then I got yeah. sucked in and now we're both sucked in and and you were kind of like you watch the craziest shit. You watch the craziest shit. You do. That is not a lie. And and next thing I you know, you're sitting on the sofa I'm next in to it. me watching it. Going. And it. I think there was at one point we were binging and I was like, I, you have to, I, we can't go to bed yet. Something is happening here. Right. Are they about to get blown up? And I think that was just season one. Yeah. Uh, the show um, is called Avenue 5. It's right. on HBO Max. Max. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's absurd. And it's yeah. so funny. And <laughs> And maybe, maybe it's because we're just exhausted, and maybe that's why we find. Maybe somebody who would watch it fresh would be like, "It's not that funny." I don't know. Uh, we find it hilarious. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think because that's, it's absurd. I, I think because it is so absurd. Yeah, it's totally you know, stupid. It, like none of it's plausible, no. and that's the like you know. And yet, some things are plausible. When the um, the people on board the 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 people who are there on the cruise, not the crew, but the, the passengers. Pass, thank you. I can't think of the word. The passengers. There are times when they lose their shit. Like they become well, like part of the masses that like become thoughtless and mindless. And well, and, the, the whole, the whole. And you're like, yeah, that I, would I happen. That's good, plausible. A good part of it, what makes it so absurd and funny at the same time, it takes, you know, real things of human nature and and it blows it up it exaggerates yes, it, it to the nth it to degree the extreme you know extreme but but it is uh it it's it's hilarious mm-hmm. you know it is and i think part of part of the hilarity is when i recognize oh yeah human nature mm-hmm. we would probably do shit like that we've probably done shit like that and just didn't notice right. like when hugh Laurie starts out as like the fake captain he's not the real captain so it's all like yeah. convoluted and then in the end well, not the end but before this next episode we're about to watch series of things happen Mm -hmm. and he's made the legitimate captain by the passengers but they literally acknowledge he's meant to be a dictator and he's going i don't want to be a dictator what are we doing yeah (laughs) the the thing is he i'm not giving too much away but you know not going to give any spoilers for anybody who wants to check it out part of the the thing is he's a a kind of like a um, token 
yeah. captain because supposedly the ship doesn't need a captain because it runs itself. Right, but the passengers didn't know that at first. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> season one is uncovering what's real, what's not. Season two, I don't even know how to describe the theme. It just got crazier, yeah. more absurd. Yep. It's been good. It's been mm-hmm. good. Wednesday, love it. Yeah. Would, I think I would watch it again. Like I would turn around and watch Wednesday again. Yeah. I won't because I don't have time, but I would. Um, Avenue 5, that's been wild. Mm-hmm. And then I think we talked about this because we did the Friday night live stream this past Friday right after Thanksgiving. But um, you went on a uh, Star Trek movie binge, binge. Thanksgiving of Day, yeah. the Jean-Luc Picard era. Thank right. you for picking that one. Holy shit. <laughs> so yeah but yeah you you took your day days off and went i'm gonna actually relax. yeah mm-hmm. proud of you look at you mm. one day i'll do that too i'm growing up you are you're gonna be a big boy one day uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else for the bonus section no no no, no we really. could keep going because y'all yeah. know but we're gonna stop because mm-hmm. there's still shit to do <laughs> yeah I'm There's still shit be back to out do. in the shop and after we stop recording. I know you. Uh, you were like, I know that I just got back on kid pickup duty for the first time mm-hmm. in two months, but could you do pickup duty on Wednesdays? And I, I sighed through gritted teeth. <laughs> you did the. <sighs> I did. I did. I did it. You. I was like. <sighs> you were totally me at that moment. I was. Yep trying to be supportive and understanding and also very annoyed but then i got confirmation i went for how long you're like just through the holidays just just while i need to be making more shit and i went (laughs) okay just through the holidays it's fine i was even out in the shop doing stuff before we recorded i know i got worried i was like does he know it's record day does he know we're streaming what the fuck what the fuck (laughs) and yet any other day i'd be like uh, cracking the whip and be like get some shit done i got a list Psh. i mean in my most serviceness of way <laughs> yeah anyway uh we're gonna go uh thanks y'all for mm-hmm. listening watching however you're yep. consuming this to the bitter end we appreciate you we love you uh thanks for putting up with the chaos i will give you a spoiler i believe next week will be a q a episode so if you follow us at that handle I fucking hate over on Instagram uh, and have a question, just watch our stories. We'll put it up there. Yep. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to go. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Love you. Bye. Bye.